Um, today, we're in part two of our tribe series, Lessons from Jesus. Lessons from Jesus. Um, last week, we began this series, and um, looking at the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus, we, 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 we said last week that the, the first thing that we will examine was, or that we examined was, Jesus fasted. And today, we are looking at Jesus prayed. Do we all have the outline? If you don't have the outline, let me see your hands up. I don't have the outline. Okay, we all have the outline. Jesus prayed. Uh, um, we take the text from Matthew chapter 14, from verse 23, 22 to 23. Matthew 14, 22 to 23. It says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and crossed to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself, remember say by himself, to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. See, it's interesting that Jesus does not um, joke with prayer. And, and as much as he doesn't joke with prayer, Jesus does not belittle work, does not take prayer as substitute to work. You know, fortunately, I mean, in, in, in our time, we see where, even if it's not directly said, folks take prayer as an alternative to work. That's not Jesus. Jesus sent his disciples home. He attended to all the people at the crusade. He sent them home. I mean, he, he just finished preaching. He's, he's, he's supposed to be the, the pastor, if you will. It's supposed to be whisked away by secret service agents into um, thin air. Then his boys are supposed to do the clearing up and sending the people away. And Jesus turned it upside down. He told his boys, I will whisk you away, enter the boat and go. And he attended to everyone. Wow. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I mean... Where do we get this thing that, that we do these days? Where did we get it from? And after attending to everyone, Jesus could have said legitimately, I am tired. Ah, right? He just finished preaching. Then he, he dispatched his disciples on the boat. Then he... he Attended to all the people and make sure everybody had gone and everybody went home safely. He would have been tired. Jesus could have retired to sleep. Jesus could have demanded that people 
attended to him. After all, he deserved it, didn't he? But instead, Jesus ministered to everybody and climbed a hill. I mean, took effort to get on the hill. And he stayed there alone and he prayed. What I excuse for not praying? What, what might happen? painted this picture of Jesus. What's your excuse for not praying? You see that your excuse doesn't hold what anymore. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone because there's no excuse. There's no excuse. He climbed the mountain, the hill, rather. It must have been different for some of us. By the time we finish climbing the hill, we are tired. Jesus was physically fit. Unbelievably fit. He climbed the hill he wasn't tired. He still stayed there, could still pray until it was dark. Today, God is going to breathe upon us the spirit of prayer and supplication in the mighty name of Jesus. The spirit that once you begin to pray, tiredness stays aside. The spirit that once you begin to pray, every form of weariness is subdued and is paused until you are done. Praise the name of the Lord. So to, to, to open the um, teaching, can you think of a time when you saw that prayer definitely made a difference? Just one person. A time when you saw that prayer definitely made a difference. You the little boy raising his hands over there? We'll give you the mic. Keep the hands up. Anybody else? Um, okay. Yes. Is there, is there someone here in front? Okay. Ah, they're standing beside you. <laughs> you know that. If nobody raises that, Pastor Lamide will raise that. Praise God for that. Let's, let's clap for Pastor Lamide for being ever eager and ever ready. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a time I know that prayer always makes a difference. And that is when um, I'm offended mm. or when somebody has offended me mm. and um, I choose to pray for the person, you know. I don't know how to pray for the person. Then I speak in tongues. I pray for the person. Then I, I begin to discover that my heart begins to soften towards the person every time. Amen. 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 That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. You can't pray for someone and still hate the person. It's, it's, you find out that the more you pray for the person, the more you love the person. You know? And um, totally awesome. So question, second question there is, what are your experiences with fasting with prayer? What difference does fasting make? Does fasting... What difference does fasting make to prayer? Does it affect prayer in any way? In what way does it affect prayer? Um, who wants to go? In your experience, what do you think? Yes, there's a, there's a hand there. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think um, my experience with uh, fasting and with prayer is that you don't like have to change gear 
you're on you're already on the highway right so you're fasting you just move on and it's like you're driving there. automatic exactly to when you're driving manual exactly okay so <laughs> i think that is awesome you know when you're fasting it's like you know it's it's um It makes it more effective, not because fasting changes God, but because it changes us. It makes us more in tune with, with the Spirit of God, so our prayers become more effective. I hope everybody is fasting. If you are fasting, shout hallelujah. If you are not fasting, say amen. Always people like that. <laughs> Don't worry, join the fast. And God will bless you as you do. In Jesus' name. Okay, let's dive into the study and discussions. Mark chapter 9, 26 to 29. Mark 9, 26 to 29. It says, Then the Spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared dead. Now, let me give you a background. This boy, they brought him to the disciples to pray for him. He needed deliverance. And they have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And nothing happened. So, Jesus arrived at the scene, and the disciples said, we've been trying to um, chase out these demons, you know, and Jesus prayed for the boy, and this happened. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Oga, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, Ororo, pass Ororo. <laughs> Was that what Jesus said? <laughs> okay, no. Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. If you, I thought I put KJV there. Okay, I did it. This, this kind goes not but by prayer and fasting. The KJV translation. So, so we see here, Jesus having that experience with his disciples. They try to cast out the spirit and it wouldn't go. But Jesus entered the scene, prayed for the boy. Boom, he fell dead as it were. And he picked him up and the boy was healed. And the disciples asked Jesus, you taught us what to do. We did what you taught us to do. How come this boy was not healed? And Jesus let out a little secret. You know, in other words, I haven't told you this. This kind. You know, there are different kinds. 
There are some that we go with ordinary prayer, but there are some kinds that we not go with prayer alone. This kind does not go but by prayer and, and fast. Think about it. Did Jesus see the situation? I said, wait, wait, let me go and fast. Let me go and fast and pray. Then I will come back. Was that, was that what we saw in that scripture? No. Jesus saw the situation. Jesus addressed the situation. What does that tell you about Jesus? <laughs> uh, always fasting. Well, maybe live the pastor's life. Jesus fasted consistently. Jesus did not wait until there was the crisis before he went to fast. Fasting and prayer. If you, if you want to know something about fasting and prayer, know this. Fasting and prayer is cumulative. Remember, say cumulative. It's, it's like um, inoculation. It's like Ajasara. You know what they call Ajasara? You know? It's like when you fill your tank, you can keep driving, as it were. When you don't pray, And fast when you should. You will now have to pray. And fast when there is a crisis. My grandmother puts it this way. She says. You know, she's, she was illiterate. So she couldn't speak English. She, she would say, Bawe. Kuma bag bawe. She, you know. <laughs> she, that means, <laughs> Fast so that you will not have to fast. She would say, Badura, Kumaba, Badura. In other words, it means pray, so that you will not have to pray, because whichever way you will pray. The way life is designed, even atheists pray. When they see real problems, they wouldn't know where they say, oh God. <laughs> Why are they calling God? You know, I remember being on a plane with an atheist. We're going to start a church at um, the, the Caribbean, St. Vincent. So, the flight to Barbados. I was on, on the plane with this guy. He was reading a book, God Delusion. God delusion, yeah. And I looked at the book and he just started talking and he was so arrogant, you know, I don't expect anything less. He, was, he says he has, um, he has five nationalities, passports of five countries. He, he was a lawyer. He was telling me all the fields of law. He was um, a, um, an expert in, you know, I was like, wow, that's very interesting. And I was telling him about God. And he was like, you know, bringing his own, you know, dispute. And, you know, <laughs> you know I was just laughing. I was smiling. I, I love the guy. He was really smart. But you see, you don't know what you have until you see someone that doesn't really know God. Do you understand? You're like, are there people that really don't know God? 
Yes, there are. And they are waiting for you to tell them about God. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, you should be excited about that. Just a few people are excited about that. I'm excited about that. <laughs> I hope that doesn't scare you. <laughs> Bottom line, we went back and forth, back and forth. And I asked him a question. I said he should look down from the aircraft. And he looked down and he saw. And I asked him, if this plane drops now, What's going to happen to all your degrees and all your passports? What's going to happen to all your arguments? Do you know where you are going? Before you answer that, I know where I am going. So I looked at him, eyeball to eyeball. I said, if this thing drops now, it was as if I was commanding the plane to drop. <laughs> you know what the guy said? He told me to stop. He said, can we agree to disagree? There was a part in me that didn't want to back down. But I felt it was okay. I said, okay, fine. But I think a seed was sown. Even the atheist, when he sees the reality of death, except he's in denial, he knows that there's something is missing. He does. Praise the name of the Lord. So Jesus has prayed and as fasted, Jesus didn't have to wait for any particular time to fast. Jesus fasted. When it was the season for God to do again service, Jesus was fasting. So to speak. So to speak. I know some theologians are looking at me. Like, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. We have different seasons as a community. When you make use of those seasons, you are building up your muscles, your spiritual muscles. When you have a challenge, you can call upon it and it will answer. When you don't build up your muscles, there's nothing to call upon. Then you have to start fasting alone. And it's more difficult to fast alone. So prayer is not just a religious duty or a meditative exercise that results in pleasant feelings of calm. Prayer actually makes a difference. So you're right, make, it makes a difference in the space. Makes a difference in both regular daily life and occasional crisis. Prayer makes a difference always makes a difference. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the, the word of God says, never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Always pray. In the morning, Pray. In the afternoon, pray. In the evening, pray. When you are sleeping, pray. You know, I, I, someone, I, I was talking to someone, 
long, long time ago, and, you know, and I think I've said about it before, you know, and I was I sent to the person that there are only two times that you should pray, two times ever that you should pray. Number one, when you feel like praying. Number two, when you don't feel like praying. So check, do I feel like praying? Yes, I pray. Check, do I feel like praying? No, I pray. So, <laughs> whichever way, just keep praying. When we're growing up, you know, I, I've told you about my grandmother a lot. You know, my grandmother always makes sure we pray. In the morning devotion, there's a constant song that we sing, and I'm going to teach you that song now. In the evening devotion, there's another song that we sing. I will teach you that now, maybe another time. The constant song we sing in the morning devotion, the words, there's an English, there's an, there's an, obviously, there's an English translation. The words in English says, come to the morning prayer. Come, let us kneel and pray. Prayer is the Christian's pilgrim staff to walk with God all day. No, it was without prayer, we can't walk with God. So I'm going to teach you this song. Are you ready? Okay. So I, I'm going to play the keyboard a little bit. Is that okay? Okay, cool. <clears throat> Why are you clapping? Okay, so they're going to put up the song. It says, you can, you can sing the English version or you can sing the Yoruba version if you will. Wasadura Ora Kole Kagbadura Adura Everybody, Wasajura, Ora, Kule, Kule, Kabatura, Adura, Adura, Ni, Opa, Jackie, 
point is this. The point is this. You can drill prayer into your spirit man so much that you are sleeping and you are praying. It's possible. It's possible to fill your children with prayer that they are so fired up. Even when they leave your house, they are filled with prayer. If, in fact, one of the greatest gifts you could give your children is, is imparting prayer. It's never too late. You know, some of you are like, oh, okay, maybe it's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. You can start now. Start when? Start now. Children are like sponges. They will get it. They will amplify it. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, um, I, I was speaking with my mom and I was telling her what my grandmother used to say and she was shocked. She was like, I know she says that, but I never knew you would know that. How did I know? It was burnt into me when I was a child. Now, our children are supposed to be doing this fast. How many, if you're a child here, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting, let me see your hand. Oh, I've started. Okay, fantastic. Only you. Okay, two of you. Let's clap for them. Okay. <clears throat> Put on the hand. That is great parenting. Some of you have forgotten. Get your children involved. I explained the children fast, didn't I? Just one meal. There was a child that is fighting with her, with her parent. She wants to, to do three meals. No, two meals. That is, she wants to be breaking out. She wants to be missing breakfast and lunch. And they had to tell her, no. Pastor said, one. At least. Because she has to go to school, obviously. I mean, 
So it's, it's, not, it's not wise to allow them to do that when they are going to school. But they can skip dinner. You can pray in the night. You can teach them. Teach them whatever song you want to teach them. The point is, when you are done, when you are long, you've long forgotten, they will still be singing the song. When you've forgotten that you've taught them, they will tell you what you taught them. Praise the name of the Lord. Again, my mom was in the house where worshipping and I was reeling out all the stanzas of the songs and she was shocked. She was like, when did you learn all the stanzas of songs? I said, you taught us when we were small. She has forgotten. Maybe it's old age. But your child will remember. I'm, I'm, I'm taking us through this part and I'm emphasizing this, particularly this season, this particular fast. For some reason, I feel God is emphasizing for the children to be impacted. In fact, to become a culture with us in God's very house. I'm sure you didn't think, okay. I'm sure you didn't think that I just learned the lyrics of the songs. I learned them close to 40 years ago. Close to 40 years ago. If you know the amount of Psalms, chapters of the Bible I can recite in Yoruba by art. Did I miss something? <laughs> okay. In Yoruba. Hey, I can't recite it in English. I can't actually, but it will, <clears throat> it will flow better. It's unbelievable. I'm not saying you must teach your children Yoruba. Am I, am I making sense? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying fill them with the scriptures. Fill them with the scriptures. When you fill them with the scriptures, they will do you good. On your later end. They will give you peace on your later end. But if you fill them with Bente and um, Power Rangers and... I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying that that's not what they should be filled with. Because children will produce whatever they are being filled with. So all we do sometimes these days is just dash the child the iPad, let him find his way over the internet and sort himself out. Why? Because we are too busy to parent. So we are worshiping. My mom starts the song and I take it. She sings the first stanza. We sing it together. She manages the second stanza. We sing it together. Third stanza, she's chopping mouth. Well, maybe I will do the same thing when I'm, when I'm my age. But the point is this. They drilled it into us. We kicked against it. So, there's nothing wrong with your children. 
if they are kicking against it, they are okay. They are very okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's the truth. Because sometimes we think, oh, I mean, you know, this child is not getting... No, 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 no. It's okay. They are just children. We kicked against it. I kicked against everything. But you see, the word of God is like an incorruptible seed. That word was troubling me in school when I wanted to do bad things. The word would just come, boom, 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 and I would just be weak. Just put it in them. Pray it in them, into their software, because they do have software, their minds. So we see, like Jesus, our lives should depend on prayer as a thirsty man seeks a cold drink on a hot day. Like Jesus, our lives should depend on prayer as a thirsty man or woman, a woman, seeks a cold drink on a hot day. Jesus needed to pray. Why? Because, because of people troubling him, people needing his help. People in trouble needing his help. He needed to pray. And he was also surrounded by people that hated him, plotting his downfall. He needed to pray. Believe me, you have those two categories of people. You have people around you that need your help. You also have people around you that are plotting your downfall. You need to pray so that you can answer the two categories of people well. Praise the name of the Lord. So, Jesus depended on prayer. He took refuge in prayer. He drew strength and guidance from prayer. Jesus depended on prayer. He took refuge in prayer. He drew strength and guidance from prayer. Mark 135 says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out. He left the house to an isolated place to pray. So we see, before daybreak, underline that, a cycle before daybreak, what does that mean before daybreak? Who can help us? Before daybreak, what does that mean? Okay. Is the hand there? Before midnight. Before midnight. Okay, <laughs> yeah, before midnight is before daybreak. <laughs> but it actually meant any hours of the morning, literally, before the sun rose, before day broke. So, which is why we do our videos till 3 a.m., mini videos, before daybreak. Because once day has broken, there are spiritual activities that happen before daybreak. There are special kind of angels. Should I be telling you all these things? That are operational before daybreak. As soon as daybreak, they escape. 
they pull back. As soon as that's why when when Jacob was wrestling with the spirit being, as as it was get the day was breaking, the spirit being said, "I need to go," and Jacob says, "You are not going anywhere until you you bless me." You know that story. So, so Jesus, a lot of people have have, have interpreted this to me. You know, you know, you have to pray in the morning. No, not everybody can pray in the morning. Some people are afternoon people, some people are night people, some people are morning people. So, but there's value in praying and engaging in spiritual activity before they break. Praise the Lord. So, I've left a whole a blank space there. You can write it in the way you understand. So, the next morning, Jesus got up. Cycle got up. Got up. What does that mean? Jesus got up. Quickly, who, who can go? Who wants to go? Jesus got up. Who wants to go? Put up your hand. And um, anybody who wants to go? Jesus got up. And don't be scared. <laughs> so like if I say what this pastor will now say some some spiritual thing. Yeah, tell me. Jesus got up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, I think it means that he was sleeping right. and he woke up. And not, he, he didn't just wake up. He got up from his, from bed. As yes. Where he got up okay, and, absolutely. That's correct. It means that Jesus, Jesus left his comfort zone. Jesus got up physically from bed. It means he got to a place of being alert. There are certain people, you want to pray, you are lying on the bed. I say, after all, I'm praying. You know, after all, I'm praying. That happens a lot, doesn't it? But you just say, in Jesus' name, that you wake up in the morning. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I just had a spiritual experience. No, 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 no. It was a carnal experience. Your body needed to sleep. Jesus got up. Get up. You want to read the Bible? Get up. You want to engage in spiritual activities? Get up. Get up. You know? I remember early in our our marriage, my wife and I, we were praying, and uh, she's lying down, saying, nope. But I'm praying, nope. Then she gets up, she says, you're a bully, you're a bully. I said, yes, call me a bully. (laughs) Jesus got up. After you have prayed, getting, standing up, hmm, you can now lie down and pray to sleep. But that is not the prayer. <laughs> Jesus got up and went out. It's good to bully in the right direction, isn't it? Don't look at me like that. And went out. <laughs> and went out. What does that mean? Quickly. Jesus went out. Again. Yes, ma. That means Jesus left his home. He left his comfort zone. Amen. Okay. So that is also applicable. He went out. You know, um, sometimes when you are home, or when you're in a place 
I mean, it happens to me a lot. I, I need to change location. When I'm reading, when I'm preparing, when I'm studying, you know, ask my colleagues, they will tell you, you know, I, 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 I need to change location, you know. I need, I need to get up. I need to, to walk around. Sometimes I need to sit on the floor. Sometimes they come to the office and they say, where are you? I say, I'm on the floor. <laughs> if the chair is there, but I need to get out of that chair. Sometimes I need to get out into my street, uh, the street of where I live. I need to get out physically into the street. Sometimes I need to get out into another room. You know, I've been in the, the bedroom, just create some, you know, that's why it's the bedroom, you know, you want to sleep. I need to get out. I need to get out into the living room. I need to get out into the compound. I need to get out into the car. I need to sometimes change where I am familiar with so that I create a fresh environment I can connect to heaven easier. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus does it. We should too. And he left the house to an isolated place. What does that mean? Who wants to go? Isolated place. Yes, ma. What does that mean? There's another hand at that corner. Let me, let's take those two. Isolated place. Isolated place means a quiet place where no one will disturb you. Amen. That is correct. Quiet place where no one will disturb him. Yes. Isolated place means be far away from buildings where no one will see him, where no one will disturb him as well. Okay. So, he went to an isolated place where he can find quietness and where you will not be disturbed. For us, to go to an isolated place means, you know, there was one time I went to a physical mountain to pray. You know, I was, I mean, uh, I had to control myself because I was almost upset that the people on the mountain, I went to physical mountain to pray. I saw this guy, you know, he was there. And he was on his phone. And he was, I mean, he was, he's a, he's, if you come to an isolated place, leave your phone in the bag, in the car, leave it in Lagos. Or you want to go to a room to pray, isolated, leave your phone alone for one hour. You will see that you will still be alive. Try it. So, even though, for those some of us, we are not in physical contact with people, we're in digital contact with the whole world. With the whole world. So, your friend tweets something, boom, it shows. Another person likes something, boom, it shows. So, we are so distracted and we need to isolated place. You know, another thing that happened on that mountain that I, I one that said I almost, um, you know, I, I mean, there was, there was this guy, I mean, he was, he was a false prophet, but he was prophesying. People were coming to see him. By the spirit of God, he was a false prophet. I wanted to go and meet him and say to him, why are you doing this? Why are you deceiving people? But I said to myself, well, maybe my business. <laughs> because for people we know here, maybe they'll be telling them in their church, they will not hear they must be fleeced. You will not be such. In Jesus' name. And he, he, Jesus, before daybreak, he got up, he went out to an isolated place not to sleep. 
not to worry, not to tweet, not to check WhatsApp, to what? To pray. To pray. So, I'm going to give you homework. Prayers Jesus prayed. Matthew 6, 26, 36 to 39. Read it and fill that blank space. What does this tell you about Jesus? What does it tell you about his heart? We know he prayed. Now we've seen the prayer, one of the prayers he prayed. We are looking at two. The second prayer he prayed in John 17, 15 to 21. What does this tell you about Jesus' heart? You see, you know somebody when you know their prayer point. What does this tell you about Jesus? How what can I learn? How can this modify my behavior? The next, he taught us how to pray. That's your next assignment. First assignment is the prayer he prayed. The next assignment is how he taught us to pray. In Matthew 6, 15 to 25, it gives us the model prayer. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. So you will read Matthew 6, 5 to 15, and you will ask yourself, how did Jesus expect me to pray? How is Jesus teaching me to pray? He says, when you pray, pray like this. It's not necessarily recite this. It means follow this model. It means follow this pattern. Start with worship. Be consumed with God's will and, and kingdom. You can make your requests and on and on and on and on. I think we did a whole teaching on that already. But ask yourself, how does he want me to pray? Then the next thing is the attitude Jesus wants us to have in prayer is illustration on what our attitude, our attitude to prayer should be. What should our attitude to prayer be? And in, in that scripture is in Luke 18, 1 to 8. And that simply is the story of the importunate woman. Okay, maybe we'll read that quickly. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice. Because she's wearing me out with a constant request. 
Then the Lord said, Learn a what? Lesson. Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So do you think God, so don't you think rather, God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have this kind of faith? How many will he find on earth who have not given up on their prayer point? How many will he find on earth who have not said, I've been praying this, every time I'm praying the same thing, I'm tired. Let me look for another prayer point. You see, it shows that God wants us to have an attitude that never gives up in prayer. Once you desire something of God, you've clarified it in his will. In the Bible, it's his will for you. In the Bible, it's clear. This is what God wants for his children. Never give up. Praise the name of the Lord. Never give up. That's the attitude that gets answers to prayers. Never give up. Until your faith is absolute, it is important. Until your faith is absolute, it is important. Until you are able to say two things. <laughs> I'm remembering seasons in my life that I said two things to God. <laughs> I said to God, one, I said, I want it on record in heaven. I said something like this. I want it on record in heaven that if you don't answer this prayer request, I will still love you, I will still serve you, I will never turn back from following you. I want you to write it down. So I waited. After they have written it down and down, <laughs> I not like that. I said, I also want you to know even if I die believing, I will believe you for this thing until I die. <laughs> you know, it's in the Bible that they sought for a city whose builder, maker was God. That a lot of these people, they, they, they saw the city from a distance. They did not enter, but they believed and they received it, even though they did not walk in it but they received it. Let me tell you something. Not everything. We will not receive everything on this side of eternity. But God wants us to die believing. Sober. Quiet. God wants us to die believing. But guess what? The, this, the things then that I said to God, if you don't do this, I will still serve you. But I also want you to know I will die believing. If it's the last drop in my body, I will still believe you for this thing. It has come to pass. 
I'm still alive. And they've all been coming to pass, and I'm still alive. Right now, do I even have any? Okay, I, I, I think, you know, life will always give you something <laughs> to trust God for. <laughs> ah, Jesus wants us to be like this. And he's saying that God has more compassion than this judge. Even though God bears long with us, he doesn't explain why he does it. When we get to heaven, will we know why? Why somebody finishes school and gets a job, gets a new house, gets a new car, moves on. This, another person finishes school, does not get a job, waits for one year before he gets a job. Another person waits two years. Another person waits three years. Another person waits five years. Why does one person get married and have triplets? and had another twins, and aborted another triplet. Another person, one year, two years, three years, four years, doesn't even have one. Those are mysteries. Anybody that says he has the answer is the, the big fool. Big fat fool. Nobody has the answers. Why? Why? There's a, a lady that had 38 children. She's 37 years old in Uganda. <laughs> you are doing the math. You are doing the math. It's true. These things are real. There's somebody I was um, discipling. She came to me crying. She said, I need a child. You know, I'm like, okay, we'll pray. He said, no, I don't want that kind of your prayer. This one is fire prayer. I said, this is, <laughs> pray, God be answered. She, she went on, I was doing, hey, I just, my friend, aborted five times in school. She got married, first year, pure. She had a child. This one aborted three times. She seems to know everybody that aborted. <laughs> you know, I mean, that she got married as a virgin. God has no business in making sure she doesn't have a child. You know, when you come to God like that, you are setting yourself up for trouble. <laughs> because God can decide to show you that he's God and there's nothing you can do about it. So I realigned her. That, no, 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 that's not how to approach God. You approach God. Yes, you have the strong argument. Those things she's saying is very powerful. It's, it's very strong in heaven. But you see, it must come under the righteousness of Jesus because all our righteousness, they are like what? They are filthy rags before God. So when it comes under the righteousness of Jesus, she has a strong case. The last time I checked, she has three children. So the point is this. Jesus says, when you pray, never give up. When you start something, when you open a file in heaven, let everyone know that this lady, this man, 
he's not going to back down. The earlier we give him, the better for us. That's, that's the picture, I mean, Jesus was painting. The, the judge says, ah, the earlier I answer this woman, the better for us. Evil, you know, it's possible to hold evil like that. We saw the story of Jacob. We mentioned the story of Jacob earlier. He held evil to the point that evil said, please, what do you want? You see, the challenge with some of us is that we start praying, then we, we cloud it with, you know, it's old Christians that do that thing. If it is God's will. Oh. You should know if it's God's will before you start praying. So once it's God's will, it is God's will. Don't say. <laughs> don't say. Don't say if it is God's. When you say if it is God's will, you 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 just pour cold water on it. So you you become complacent. So why do we fast? It is God's will. Get Sarah. Sarah. What will be will be. It's a lie. What will be is made to be. God says. What you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. What you lose in heaven will be loosed on earth. It doesn't tell us the duration it will take, but it tells us it will be loosed on earth. It will be loosed on earth. So when we look at the life of Jesus and we see the lesson of prayer, in the life of Jesus. It's a powerful, it's a huge lesson for us. It's a huge lesson. So in conclusion, we read John 14, 15. Sorry, 12 to 14. John 14, 12 to 14 says, I tell you the truth, is Jesus speaking. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works. Why? Because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name. If you are like me, if you are using, reading a paper Bible, I will have highlighted that thing. How many things? Is Jesus a liar? Okay, good. Anything, that's why we fast, that's why we pray, that's why we believe God. Anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the. He says, Are you still doubting? Yes, ask anything. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, I'm like, Did you really say that? And the next verse, Jesus said, Yes, <laughs> I said it. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. That is what he said. greater works shall we do. So, if we will immerse ourselves into prayer like Jesus, we will do greater things than Jesus did. And it brings joy to the heart of Jesus. You say, that's my boy. Oh, that's my boy. That's my girl. That's, you know, I mean, you are so anointed. You know, Jesus said, oh, that's my, that's my babe. Does he say that? That's my boy. You know, he's excited. This will bring joy to Jesus and glory to the Father 
but the choice is ours. Are you going to lie on the bed? Or are you going to get up? What is it going to be? Are you going to stay in the house, your comfort zone, or are you going to go out? And when you are out, are you going to find an isolated place? Or are you going to get distracted? When you find an isolated place, are you going to pray? Or are you going to sleep? Are you going to worry? Are you going to start thinking? Or are you going to pray? What's it going to be? Do we have any questions? If you have a question, you can raise your hand. Before we um, commit. Okay, is the hand there? Yes, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Amazing, amazing teaching and prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I'm trying to articulate my thoughts. I'm finding it very difficult, but I'll try. Um, I don't know if you've been in a situation where you, you felt like um, God, um, you prayed about something, trusting God for something, and you prayed about it, and you felt like he said, okay, go. For example, you could go in this direction, but now you've been praying about it for a long time. And it hasn't come to pass. But all of a sudden, it seems like, um, not like the fire is burning, but the burden is not as, as, as heavy as it used to be for that thing. But heaven is not saying anything. So in those cases, can I interpret that kind of prayer to say, okay, you know what? God is, has moved from that direction. Or am I might be defeated in the place of prayer? You know, just, I'm trying, that's as much as I can articulate it. And secondly, I just wanted to say that. I've heard you say many times that your grandmom was an illiterate. I mean, on a lighter note, but I think she is one of the most literate people I've ever heard about because Amen. the things that were taught are not things for illiterate, <laughs> not at all. Absolutely. Praise God. Uh, amen. Amen. And, and it's so, so good. Let me start with the second thing you said. You know, it's, it's, um, it's so true because um, we... We call people illiterate because they can't speak English. But they're actually more intelligent than a lot of English-speaking people. So, does that make them second-rated? So, maybe I should say she's, she's, um, <laughs> she's not Western-educated. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 that's true because, I mean... I. I She's, um, she's wiser than most lawyers I know. Some people are very foolish people. They have certificates, but they are very foolish. Yeah, true. When we get to heaven, I'll introduce you to her. <laughs> yeah. So, the, 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 your question is, cannot be answered until the particular situation is examined. It's too broad. It has to be specific. So maybe we'll see after. If you are, if you are comfortable making it specific, fine. Otherwise, we'll see after. Okay, we'll see after. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, 
you know, Pastor, you said something that was really, um, that really ran really deep about impacting our children. And um, when you made a comment about how many, how many verses you could recite, mm. um, we were making fun of ourselves that mm. we could recite so many in Yoruba as well. Right. Um, that, that's why we were laughing. Okay. But this is the, the, the world we live in now. Mm. Our kids can't speak our language. Those days, we go to Sunday school, right. catechism class, right. even at home when you are praying, you start to do anime at Tekone, you know, and all that. Right. So here we are. When you read it in English, I mean, we don't even know it by heart. Right. How, how do we impact to our kids? It's a big, 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 big deal. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, you, you just have to be deliberate about it. You know, our, our parents were very deliberate. If, 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 um, if you think back, you know, my grandmother was very deliberate in impacting us. For instance, they don't need to recite it in Yoruba. They can recite it in English. My daughter can recite Psalm 23 from beginning to the end in English. And some other Psalms I won't tell you. But the, the point is this. And she could recite it since she was like four or something. I've tried to teach her the Yoruba one. It does not go in. <laughs> eh, but who says it has to be Yoruba? Yes. But you see, I also noticed that, okay, I teach her songs in, in Abe, Igi, Orombo. I mean, she really likes the song. And I explain what that means. So sometimes we need to use songs. We just have to be deliberate. If you look at, if you look at it, you just said it. You were surrounded from Bible uh, Sunday school, da, 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 and on and on and on and on. Even the media, NTA doesn't open until four, four o'clock. You are waiting. You are waiting. You are sitting down right down. You know? Then you, you, get, you get, then. I mean, some people don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But today, media is everywhere. Our children are not even schooling in this country. They are, they are, their son is in the U.S. I mean, so we have to be deliberate. So that we don't lose them. Because somebody is training them. Somebody is training them. So thank you, sir. I hope that helps. <laughs> it's never, another thing you need to also need to know is never too late. It's never too late. You can start now. You can start now. Any other person? Okay. Um, one and two, I will close. Okay, three. One, two, three, and, and we are done. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anybody has the mic can go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, about um, praying in the morning, must you pray like immediately you wake up? At times I have some things to do and I, they are in my subconscious and I wake up and immediately I, I want to give some instructions to people that, okay, do this, do that, and I go back to pray. Is it wrong? Uh, if you if you know um, 
I will answer it from, from the um, dimension of relationship. You know, God loves to be prioritized. I don't know. I just know that God... It's, God enjoys being prioritized. It's unbelievable. But step back. Step back. Don't you. Don't you enjoy being prioritized. Husbands, don't you. Wives, don't you. Your husband ignores you, attends to everybody, then comes back and says, okay, what would you do? We all love to be prioritized. So, my advice would be, when you wake up, before you sleep, put it in your subconscious. The same way you put all those things in your subconscious. So that when you wake up, you attend to your maker. Then, you attend to people. Does that help? Thank you. Yes. President. Hallelujah. Um, sir, I want to ask, most of the times, um, like, if I want to pray, I always prefer a changing positions to, like, I always want to see space around. And for the fact that the society where you stay is not safe, it matters. Sometimes, like, if I want to pray, I just want to walk out and all that. How, right. How do I? You want to walk outside yes, of the house. Yes, and just walk around and yeah. just enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the place itself is not safe because the people will not even allow you the security around. Oh, the place is not safe. So how do you manage? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the living that can praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, because I've tried it once and I was asked to go back inside so yeah if it's not if the place is not safe it's not wise to do it then you say to god did god used to enjoy that time together with him yeah you, you think he does so yeah. so you say to him that you should do something about this thing so that we can be having our time again you know and he will i tell you he will i can tell you several about my story but there's no time for that um, yes, finally. Good evening, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to ask, you were saying something about not giving up on prayer. Right. What if you, like, you've prayed a particular prayer for a long period of time and for some reason you forget the prayer? Like for you, some reason you what? You forget the prayer. You oh, forget you forget the prayer. Not yeah. giving up on the prayer. Does okay. that, like, mean that you are, like, does that mean that the prayer is not... No, it just means you're a human being. That's all it means. Okay. It means you're a human being, that's all. Okay. It's, I mean, we, it happens to everybody. So, if the Lord brings it back to your subconscious or you remember one way or the other, you need to decide, do I still want this or not? You see, sometimes the things we pray for, over time, we discover we don't really want, we don't really need them. So, you should drop it. You shouldn't insist that, because I've started praying for it, you, you may be in a different place. You may have matured, may see the world differently. So, it may not even be a relevant prayer point anymore. Does that make sense? But if it still is, you pick it up from where you stop and you continue. Yeah, um, one more. Okay. Uh, we have here that before daybreak, got up, went out and an isolated place. What if we can meet up with this before daybreak and we can attend to the go up, 
went out and an isolated place. Does that still mean that? It's fine, of course. It's still very fine. Yeah. Very, very fine. Thank you. But if you want some action, some kind of action, <laughs> I've explained that already. Thank you. Um, commit. Before we commit, okay, let's commit. Today, I commit to prayer and seeking God's face. I commit to prayer and seeking God's face. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. And just say to the Lord, help me to pray as I help to pray. Empower me in the place of prayer. Make me a person of prayer. Let me breathe prayer. Eat prayer. Sleep prayer. Talk prayer. Let me smell prayer. If you are here, you are like, Pastor, prayer actually starts with a relationship with God. I don't have a relationship with God. Or I used to have a relationship with God. I have backslidden. I want to come back to God. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Only you, wherever you are seated. You don't need to come out. Put up your hand now over your head and I'll pray with you. I want to come back to God. God bless you. Put up your hand, put up your hand well. Over your head. Not on your head. Over, over your head. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. Father, we pray that you breathe upon every one of us. And pour your life upon us. And let your name. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.